Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your host, Gina Offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. This is Gina Cavalier. This is the Liberated Healer Podcast. Uh, super excited today. Uh, we have Christine Meyer on. Hello and welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, she has this wonderful book. Keep it, keep it simple, smarty pants. Which yeah, it's really kind of cute and but very important information and. She's she coaches some fabulous, interesting people. Her clients include Obama speechwriters, uh, impact-driven serial entrepreneurs, Emmy Award winners, best-selling authors, multi-million-dollar investors. So she's worked with a lot of the people um, that have very intense lives, but also here to help everybody. And we're all in this together. So welcome, Christine, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, and thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> I just, um, I know what it takes to get to where you're at. And so even though I don't want to focus a lot on people that may feel intimidating, but it's, it is a very, um, a, a great thing that you've been able to work one-on-one with these people that are in our lives. So I'd like to bring that up. Oh, so well, thank you. So can thank you tell you. us a little bit about yourself and your, your book that you are so passionately put together right here yeah well book book number two is going to come out in 2024 so i'm passionately working on another one but that one um tell me tell you about myself well i've been uh i i'm a mom and a wife and uh have two dogs so on that front i live a beautiful satisfying life and i've been a coach for more than 20 years now that i love my clients are and have been such magnificent people and teachers to me as well of course yeah. because I can't I can't teach what I do if I don't have people who want to understand it and live it and be it yeah so um I love I love what I do I live it I breathe it I think it, it it's it's everything that I do is under the philosophies that I share in in the book as well and so the book came about, um, I've always felt like I was going to write books and that's the one that surfaced at the forefront. I started a different book about 10 years ago and got more focused on this one. Maybe, I don't know how long ago now it's been published for two years. So three years. And it was really just all the knowledge that I've collected over the 20 years that had to be condensed into a really readable, simple, uh, applicable, actionable, if you will, but while understanding those philosophies that I talk about. And, and, and uh, yeah, so I, the book was really a work of many, many years of having studied, if you will, and lived. I like that you can throw it into your purse. You know what I mean? Like, I really was like, oh, gosh, I'm so excited. I get to carry this to the coffee store and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I've so had so many people say that, in fact. Yeah. Thank you for making such a small, smaller book that I could put it in my yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. 
And another thing I really, when I see coaches, I get inquiries and I talk to a lot of different people on a daily basis. I, I, my mind typically goes to the traditional coaching with maybe a little bit of different aspect on the side. But when you started your book with talking about your soul, I was like, okay, this is a different type of coach. Um, and everything in your book, really a lot of it went back to my teachings from um, intuitive psychic development, clairvoyant development about being in resistance and not being in the flow, understanding how vital and beautiful your soul is just as you are. Um, so you have a lot of energy principles in your coaching, which I really was super excited about because um, it spoke to me and a lot of the people. So can you talk a little bit about the the stages that you talk about, it, like it, what's the important in the first part of the book which you talk about your developing your soul and your connection with your disconnected and connection with your soul yeah well i think primarily if the world would just be a better place if everyone understood more a little bit about energy and they would understand their placement so my whole approach to the energy piece is understanding that you are physical in this physical body and you're thinking as a physical human being and you also have a soul you are not without a soul and you can feel that connection to your soul or the disconnection from your soul in the form of how you feel your emotions. And so understanding that the better you feel, the more blended or connected you are with your soul and understanding that when you feel bad in some shape, way or form, then you are more disconnected or have more discordance from your soul. And the reason why that's important is to understand. So number one, the first principle in my book that I share is that you have a soul. And most people are in a general sense aware that there's some non-physical energy out there, but they don't, for the most part, explore it, discover it, kind of figure out what that means to them. And when you're talking about creation and being a human being here out on the leading edge of manifestations and of thought, you'll miss the whole big picture if you're trying to create your world, create your reality. If you don't understand that piece between you have a soul, your emotions are incredibly important and you are the creator of your reality. So I like to make sure that people understand those three pieces and how they work together. Because if you don't understand that, then you're going to think that, okay, if I think a positive thought and feel negative, most yeah. people won't even pay attention to how they're feeling, but they're going to think a positive sounding thought or say something that sounds positive. And they think that that's how they create what they want. While that is a piece of it, meaning you're better off to say something that sounds positive than negative. You're better off to speak to what you would prefer and want versus to what you don't want. Yeah. Yes, 100%. But your words are not what are creating. It's your vibration. It's your vibe. It's your output. How do you know what your output is? Which, by the way, is always being responded to. So your output is like an advertisement saying, come to me this, this that I'm advertising. So okay. if you don't understand the piece, the part that your emotions play, then you could stand back and say, this stuff doesn't work or this stuff is random. I don't understand why I got this and I didn't get that, so on. And so your emotions, when you have, when you're speaking in a positive way, but are feeling negative emotion, you're feeling like, oh, I've wanted it for so long. I've never had it. Fat chance that's going to happen and so on. In your own head, you doubt, you don't believe you have resistance to your desires, then you will feel negative emotion. That's really, really, really good information because then you know, oh, I'm not really believing this or I must be bumping into some sort of limiting. I don't really like that whole word, limiting belief. Some habit of a belief that I'm bumping into that is going to prevent me in this moment that is preventing me in this moment from aligning with my desire. So, but, and, but, and when you feel positive emotion, you're anticipating something and you are talking positively or thinking then, and you feel positive emotion, then you 
know in that moment that in that moment, you're not only aligned with your soul's perspective of whatever you're focused on, but also you're aligned with your desire relative to what you want. And so that understanding that negative emotion means you're thinking a thought or having a perspective or have a belief that is different from what your soul knows, knows, not just thinks, but knows about you, about your desire, about what's coming. And when you're feeling positive emotion, then you, in those moments that you are aligned with, you are connected with your soul and more aligned with your, your desires as well. And something I want to add in here, you didn't ask, but I'm going to throw this in here. Understanding that people out in the world are seeking connection and they're running around often looking in all kinds of places for connection. Will you connect with me? Will you connect with me? Please connect with me. They go on Facebook, they go on social media, and they blah, 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 clickety-click post, looking for connection, looking for something with others. And I am not dissuading anyone from connecting with other people, but the connection that you're really seeking is that one with your soul. Because when you make that relationship a priority, when you harmonize with your soul more than you care to, well, first, before you try to connect with others, then you're less attached to their feedback. You're less attached to what you're getting, air quotes here, getting from them. And in fact, you are more whole yourself. So you're not needing anything from anyone. You you are more aligned with yourself. You have found harmony with your soul, which is, again, that's everyone's priority. Whether you know that or not, that is, that is everyone's priority. Absolutely. And um, from the beginning of your book, you talk about, let's focus on what you like and what makes you happy. And instead of going a lot of the other traditional routes again, with what do you need to fix? What, what are the areas that you're lacking in? And so... Instead of, you know, and that's just a starting in a negative route, I think, focusing on oh, the I've never been able to get a promotion, I, all that stuff like that will come later. But like, as you said, once you kind of do this process, are you talking about that stuff comes naturally a little bit? Maybe you're 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 supposed to go in another direction. That's why you didn't get that promotion, because it really isn't of your highest calling or whatever. But. Focusing on the positive versus the lacking will get you where you are, want to go faster. Right. So there, there are several things I'd like to say in response to, to, to your, what you just said here. In fact, that when you focus on what you want and what you don't want, what you want and what you don't, what you want and what you don't, or your weaknesses and your strengths, then you include that because you are a vibrating, attracting being. Mm-hmm. So... There's nothing wrong with recognizing what you don't want. That's all part of the process. There's nothing wrong with creating, being smack dab in in a big problem, what you would label as a problem. That's all part of the process. That's all part of the clarifying process. But, but, and you always want to have the intention. It would behoove you to have the intention to feel, find ways to feel better about whatever that is. And so, because when you include the good and the bad and the, the, the ugly it, it you perpetuate it because you are always attracting when you're thinking you're attracting so so a good question to keep in mind is what am i perpetuating here when i think about this in this way and i'm feeling this positive emotion what am i perpetuating all more all more good stuff yeah and um you talked a lot you mentioned the connection part which i feel like that is just our human nature yes it, and that we've gone away from it a little bit more. And kind of after COVID, it just really like ignited that we need that connection, like on a deeper level. Um, and I've, and it's, it's, I've seen stories about people that are, um, it, it, it pains my soul to watch them. Like, for example, recognize that they're being scammed by somebody and know that they're being scammed, but they're addicted to just the connection that they're having, the feeling. And so they're so far removed from themselves that um, even if they know someone is tricking them, 
they will still like they want that connection so bad and so deep that they will still perpetuate that relationship. So, well, yes. And, you know, how someone else treats you, you you don't have control over someone else's behavior, but how you rendezvous, how you run, you're not at fault for someone else's behavior. You're not responsible for someone else's behavior, but how you rendezvous with it is your doing. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. And a lot of people say that's a bunch of crap and they don't want to hear that. But if you, if you are the thinker, the feeler, the perceiver, then you are also the attractor. And so you rendezvous with what you are a vibrational match to, no matter how it looks. And so, so no matter where you are, though, no matter where you are, no matter what you've created, and if you're seeking connection, then yes, seek connection with others that feel good and seek connection with in whatever way you can. But understand, understand that the connection you're truly seeking, truly seeking is that one with your soul and you'll you'll know you're you're in that place of connection sorry my camera just went dark you'll know you're in that place of connection when when you feel good and you'll know that you're slightly or more disconnected when you feel bad and those are the two things emotions are not a result of a condition while we associate our emotions with a reaction to conditions. I look at that, like you said, my soul feels bad. Your soul never feels bad, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're looking at something that you don't like, you're going to feel negative emotion and that's good. Mm-hmm. That's great feedback. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of that. It's because you're looking at it in such a way that your soul is not in agreement with you. Your soul understands the bigger picture. Your soul understands that there's benefit in every, every experience. Your soul understands that every single one of us is here here for our own expansion. And so we will create things. We will stir up some mud to, yeah. to create opportunities for our own expansion and truly and birth more desires. And so, excuse me, so understanding that your emotions are simply indicators. Your emotions are information. They're not, right. they're not, validation for rightness or wrongness they're not validation that if someone said you're a loser let's say and you feel bad that oftentimes that feeling bad has been interpreted to mean that i must be bad that i must be a loser and that is so close it's so false it couldn't be further from the truth you feel bad because your soul is saying you're awesome you're amazing we love you no matter what and yes. that person is looking at you. That person is out of alignment when they're looking at you, calling you a name. Mm-hmm. And so how is their perspective of you valid at all? It isn't. God. I wish we had this when I was a kid in school. Right. <laughs> because those are the things that like um, stick on you and you carry with you. They stick in your space and then you kind of re- look at them. And then if a lot of people start to do that... And I love this conversation because this is social media is so easy. People love to just bomb you with something. And um, when you have this type of information, you can say, not, not, not me. I don't, you can let it go and move through the things you want faster. And that's why I love these conversations. Um, and um, I think it's a practice too. And we're talking about this a little more also. Like you said, if that thing isn't resonating with you anymore, it's not to judge that thing anymore, that person anymore. But you you might have outgrown them, or or you might have out they they don't make you feel good anymore, and that's a really hard transition for people because we're meant to stick with the people and to be loyal, or letting go of things that are no longer serving us is a huge is really hard because then it brings in childhood abandonment emotions. You're talking about the emotions, right? Um, but there really are, um, you, you, there can, can actually make a stick if it's to, you're around somebody who's really close to us long-term, things like that. Well, resistance is what makes you sick, if you will. Resistance, consistent resistance and chronic resistance, if you will, is, is a better word, is what makes people decline, is what creates aches and pains in your body, is what creates manifestations a thought 
thought long enough will manifest. I, I mean, that's that's just how it goes. And and it can be what you don't want and it can be what you want. It doesn't the universe doesn't distinguish between whether you're thinking about what you want or whether you're thinking about what you don't want. It just responds to your if you're saying, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. Don't like that. Don't want that. I'm afraid of that. The universe is basically saying, oh, OK, you want more. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's attraction. It's attraction. You, you can't rep- you can't repel anything, anything that you put any attention to for a long enough period of time, you will attract it. And so there's there's no getting around the idea that resistance is truly what creates illness in our bodies. And we don't have to be specifically thinking about that one thing. It's just it's just how a path of least resistance for it to manifest. And so it's important, I think, to understand, to at least be curious about this information and also to immerse yourself in understanding it. There are a lot of misconceptions about how it works and a lot of different interpretations, certainly. And I'm not in a place here of standing here and saying they're all wrong. It's just that there are a lot of misunderstandings that make you then proceed forward under false premises that that are not accurate and so it's well worth informing yourself to the best of your ability and of course you're going to have your own interpretations of it and so on so you know that's out of my control for sure and uh, obviously the how to work with resistance the best is just to have awareness of it at first so for example um you walk into a meditation class and you're like, oh, I just don't want to meditate today. Oh, you have that resistance. And it's like, and all of a sudden you're in, you already paid for it. So you go. And then all of a sudden you're just like, you walk out and you were like, and you forget that you had that resistance in the beginning and you feel a little bit better. So there's lots of different, but that's like something that was actually going to be good for you. But then you have resistance um, about maybe having a difficult conversation with someone, right? And that brings up all these different fears. So the resist, but having that awareness is like, I'm, I'm, I'm resisting against this and why, right? Which is, I'm, I'm, yeah, sometimes it's why, sometimes it's not even why, because sometimes the why digging, digging and trying to clear things up in, in one way, like if I'm focused on a problem, it's a problem. If I'm aware of a problem and I say, all right, well, I don't quite know what the solution to that is right now. But what else can I think about that feels better? Or what can I think about that that feels better? So so it's this beautiful dance with, I'm aware of this thing that I don't want. Okay, how and how do I feel? I'm aware of this thing that I don't want. How do I feel? How do I want to feel? How do I prefer to feel? How could I feel better? What else could I believe about this? And if I can't find a way to feel some relief around it, then now is not the time to think about it because what am I going to perpetuate? More of that. Yeah, and so okay. that's the time. So you see, that's the time to then just change the subject. I I highly recommend to every single person that's listening and each and every one of my clients, I I do this with them to have a list. Truly, have a list of things that you know you easily feel good about when you think about them, and that that can be you, that could be a playlist that you have handy. That because you know that when you listen to it, even though you're just bound and bent, you're going to be grumpy. You can't help but listening to it for three or four or five or 10 minutes and you feel better or have a list of things that list of pictures that you like to look at you write it down so you go look at it because when you're in a grumpy mood it's hard to remember some of those things that feel better because law of attraction has kind of got a hold of you by the tail and is going to whip you around you see and so what you think about is easier to continue to think about so sometimes those lists it, my dog, I'm going to think about my dog or my kids or my walk or my trip or my whatever it is, have these things handy that you can say, all right, never mind. That thing that I'm feeling bad about, I haven't found a way to feel good about it right now. And that's okay. That's okay. The fact that I felt bad is my understanding that I have some resistance to something, don't know what it is, doesn't really matter right now. I tried to feel better by thinking a few thoughts and that didn't work. And so, all right, that was a good effort. I'm going to table that and I'm going to go off and think about or do something that feels better. Why? Why would I ever do that? Why would I table a problem that is a problem that I'm perceiving it as a problem and go off and feel good? Doesn't that seem irresponsible, stupid, uh, 
like I, you want to live with rose colored glasses. I, I don't know, whatever. But I, but I always come back to what's the downside of feeling good? Yeah, there, there is no downside. And, and number two to that is that when you feel good, when you feel better, when you find some relief, then what you're doing is you are tilting that scale or turning your car more in the direction of where you want to go. And what that does is you, now you're more connected than less connected with your soul. And your soul is always guiding you. Your soul is always, there are always a hundred manifestations waiting to manifest at any point in time that you would want, that you would like, except you're blind to them when you're feeling bad. You're blind to them when you're feeling negative emotion or more blind to them, the more negative emotion that you feel, the, the worse you feel. And so your solutions are, are on the side of feeling good. They're not, they're not on the side of feeling bad. And I think a good real world example is, for example, if you get an email in that like really charges you or something and you're just like, what? Like, I can't believe they, we, we all we work or something. And it's just something you're like, you, you can't even put your mind around it. You're like, what happened? And you have to deal with it. And it's a problem, like you said. Um, I, I've like learned and trained myself too, especially if it's an emotionally charged situation, actually don't answer right away, go and take that walk and go. And I always come back a little bit more gentler trying to see it. But if you, yeah. if you jump and you can usually tell the people that are not kind of in control or emotions and they respond within three minutes and it's just bleh, and it's all over the place versus just going, go for a walk, put on the music, like you said, and then. And then, like you said, then it gives you the ability to kind of look, you know, your mind can track off into other more peaceful things and you can come back into it and not create a bigger problem, I guess, is the way. Well, a reactive state, again, everybody reacts. Yeah. We're all going to react to some things. But a reactive state and, and speaking in those moments when you're feeling reactant and to an email or to an employee or to doesn't matter who it is, usually doesn't go well. It usually doesn't go well because again, what you're outputting, you're also perpetuating. So you are truly better to take a stand, to take a step back, take a beat and go off and, and calm down, cool down, look at it from a different vantage point, meditate, breathe deeply, count to 10, count to 20. There's, there's no right one right way to go about it. It's just the whole the whole idea is to find a way to soothe yourself, find a way to feel better. And when you're feeling good is really amplify those moments in time so that you're not always trying to overcome feeling bad. So that this is not the point of this conversation is not to give you tools to overcome feeling bad. That's not it at all. I'd yeah. rather you practice feeling good and really milk it when you are feeling good, because yeah. then you understand what that connection feels like and get quote unquote, addicted to feeling good in that sense, meaning it's so important to you that every, because there are plenty of reasons to feel bad. If you look out into the world, you could list probably a hundred things and, and be justified in saying to me, I feel bad because whenever I hear myself say that, I almost choke on it anymore. Meaning, oh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just thinking about this thing. And I catch myself thinking, oh, right. I'm using that as my reason to feel bad when right now I could table that and, and just think about something else that feels better. And that's not gaslighting. That's not label it, whatever, all of those labels that we have out there now. That's not it at all. That's paying attention to how I feel and understanding that information that I'm getting feedback from and doing something about it. It's like being in your car and having your GPS saying, you took a wrong turn, take the next, take the next left. Yeah. Well, you would pay attention to that as guidance. So why aren't we paying attention to that from our emotional feedback? Because it's the same. It's the same. It is. And you, you said in your book, you have something I was like, I love the way you said it. Reality doesn't happen to you. It's from you. Yes. Yes. So again, what you're outputting, it, yeah. reality is never, ever, ever, ever happening to you. It just doesn't happen to you. It happens from you. And that's from your thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
combined with your expectations and beliefs. And then you're constantly getting feedback on that with, through your emotions. La life is happening from you, never to you. It never has, never will. It's always from you. Wow. That's kind of deep right there. I've thrown in, I've thrown in a couple of, a, a several deep things there to make you pause, to make, I want to shake things up. I don't ever want anyone reading my book to think that they've lived a wrong life. You've lived, given who you are, what you know, what you want and what you can allow, you're always in the right place. You're always in the right place. Yes. And with this book, I want to shake a few things up. I want you to pause and think about some of these things because the way that most people think about emotions is very different from how I present it in the book. Yeah. The way that people think about life and things being, again, ran, uh, quote unquote here, random and chaotic is all about you and the energy that you're putting out. It, it just is. And so until you take ownership of that, Again, blaming somebody else for a little while feels better, but eventually you, you kind of get tired of blaming. Blaming never feels good. And so do you want to keep blaming? Well, you might have a hundred reasons why you're blaming someone, but that's not taking ownership of your role, your, your rendezvous point. Again, not responsible for other people's behaviors, but are you responsible for your own point of attraction and your rendezvous points? 100% of the time, yes, you are. And so when you assign things coming to you from outside of you, that's powerless. There's nothing you can do about that. But when you are taking charge, taking agency over and ownership over how you think and feel and therefore manifest, you okay. can do something about that. You can do something about the way you think. You can do something about how you feel. Yes, you can. Even if nothing changes, even if that person doesn't apologize to you, even if you're your, your, your business isn't making as much money as you want it to yet. Even if we could name again, long, very long list of things, even if, or even when those things haven't fallen into place, you can find ways to feel better. You can, you can, you just can separate from the condition. And when you show yourself that and practice it, you've got it. But this work is all about practicing. It's all about practicing and it's a lifelong change. It's not a fad. It's not a trend. It's not a, a quick fix diet. That's it, none of that takes place here. This is about a practicing for a lifelong understanding of how powerful I am in creating my reality. And when I'm not creating it the way I want it to, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And it's not a lesson. It's not something that's being assigned to me. It's not something that was predestined to me. It's not something that's already got a path forward for me it's me creating my reality from the time that i was born for sure because you do mention that as well that this is something that we picked before we were even in brought into this body so that kind of leans into that conversation yeah you have a soul you you and and while you're existing here in this physical body your soul exists as well so it's not like alive and dead it's it's blended it's blended and that's what you intended for was this blending of this non-physical broader immense perspective from a high high vibrational place to your physical perspective that is often conditioned when you are introduced to the physicality when you're introduced to being able to see and observe things when you're introduced to other humans interacting with you who have mixes of beliefs and mixes of vibrations and all of that stuff. But there was an agreement before you were born that you would always have that understanding that I have a soul. I am physical. I'm here on the leading edge to create. I am the creator. I am the thinker. I am the feeler. And I have emotional feedback, which is my guidance. But my soul is never telling me what to do. But if I reach for feeling more like it feels, then I'm being guided. I'm, I'm tuning into that guidance. Does that make sense? Why do you think that? Yeah. Wh why do you think that? Um, I have my own understanding or belief around this, but why do you think that we weren't a lot? We're kind of forget this knowledge. Well, because it's it, because you came here to rediscover it. Okay. Right. You can, you, yeah. you don't, you don't carry forth lifetime after lifetime after lifetime of, of, of 
resistant things. You carry forth things lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, the knowledge that you that you do have a soul and the desires proceed forward. So you're never starting from new in that sense. But but when you get socialized, you do forget. When you get socialized and you got somebody looking at you, like let's say your parents who are who are angry at you because you did something as a baby, it's easier to start paying attention to them. You see? Yeah. And, and then you're see- blaming you're saying and like yeah. Right. And so this happens to me because in my in early years I was informed this way and this is who I am now. Forever. Correct. Correct. It's all it. all based on false premises. And then we're being brought into the world in many instances with, with and I, this is absolutely no blame at all, with parents who don't understand this information. So they're thinking that if you would only be different, if you would behave, I would feel better. So of course, yeah. of course, you can't help but get that message somewhere along the way. If you would be, how many people have you had in your life say to you something about if you would just not be sad and not be angry and behave the way I want you to, then I would feel better. They get angry if you're not behaving in the way. And it's just because they want to feel good too. They think that by you feeling good, they think that by changing the condition of you, you would feel that they would feel better. And so do you see how those misinformation, how that misinterpretation happens? A big chunk of my adulthood, people would tell me not to have emotions. It's just in... Um, it, I was like, oh, it, when I, before I went kind of down a healing journey, I was like, oh, well, why am I so emotional? But it's all I know how to do or be, and I just have to voice it. And then literally I would have friends be like, um, you're, you're stressing me out because you're emotional. And I was like, okay. And I would lose relationships and I felt bad that, oh, wow, I lost that friendship because because I wanted to have a conversation because I was upset or I was sad or something and I was trying to um, include them or whatever. So then you really do do the blame game on yourself. and just like, wow, I must. And then so you push those down and go, I'll try not to do that again, right? I'll try to just be in this light all the time. And then, but I'm glad that's why we these conversations. People are having more of these conversations because if you avoid them, they come out in a big burst later on in ways that are unhealthy. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't, I don't promote having a conversation to perpetuate more of what you're feeling. Yeah. Right. So have a conversation about how you're feeling for sure. And I, and I say that in the book and, but if you're going to have a conversation about something that you're feeling bad about, do it with the intention of finding you're having it on purpose yes. to find a way to feel better, not, yeah. not to be validated not to be justified because number one, you are justified in feeling how you do. That's your perspective. You're justified. That's your perspective. That's your interpretation. You're, you're justified. But does it feel good? Are you harmonizing or not with your soul? Your soul doesn't care whether you do or don't. Your soul is your biggest cheerleader no matter what. But the point is, is if you want to live a better life, if you want to have more of what you want, then you got to find ways to get happy no matter what. You got to find yeah. ways to feel better no matter what. That, yep. That's just, that's just, people get offended when they hear that, but that's the truth. That That's the truth. Yeah. You, you can't, you're not going to have a happy life if, if you keep perpetuating it with unhappy moments. Mm-hmm. You're just not. And you're not at all aligned with what you want when you're in those moments of feeling bad. Again, that's no reason to beat yourself up. That's, this is not a, criticism of you and where you are or how you think or what any of that it's just simply take that as information because you are empowered enough you are born with the understanding that you can affect how you feel yeah you can accomplish a feeling without needing to change a condition and the more you practice it the easier it gets and the more and then you live in complete freedom because then what is the freedom that most people are seeking seeking it's freedom from resistance it's that resistance that we feel on a day-to-day basis that I'm annoyed at this. I'm irritated with that. I'm frustrated about that. I'm overwhelmed with that. I fear this. I, 
You see, it's that that people are trying to break free from. And so, and you have the ability to do that. Is it easy? Well, sometimes it's easier than other times. I'm not saying it's always easy. And I'm not saying that there are subjects that, that are harder, meaning if someone dies in, in your world, that might be harder. Oh, so you want me to feel good? Well, no, you're going to experience the feeling of loss. You're going to experience some differences here. Yes, feel, feel what you do. And then understand that that perspective of loss is an illusion that that person hasn't left. It's changing that whole foundation of your understanding. And so there are always ways to feel better about anything. There, there just are. And, and you have to be willing to, if, if you want things to change, if you want things to improve, if you want to have a good life. And again, I'm not beating anyone up here when they're not feeling bad. It's just, it's information. That's it. Absolutely. Um, you also say when is a trap, but now is powerful, which I think is great because I'll just use an analogy from one of my really, really good girlfriends. And she had been overweight her whole life. And she had in her mindset, I'm going to be, I want to have this great life when I lose the weight. Hmm. I'm going to have, and, and then she finally said, you know what? I might never lose that weight. And so I'm going to enjoy my life now. And she retrained it. And she started a whole fitness routine for when people that were overweight or couldn't move as much. Um, her name is Jeanette DePatty. The fat chick uh, is her workout. And I just all I wanted to give her a shout out. But that inspired me when I remember her telling me that because it was the when she's like, I was waiting to live a full life when I was skinny. And that's the app. And she has a full life now. and her weight has nothing to do with it. And so what, what else add to that? I love that. Well, so many people are trapped in that when truly, and, and don't we all occasionally get there, right? I'll be happy when, or I'll feel better when, or like throw, throw whatever I'll be happy when I'll feel rich when I'll, when I have more money in the bank or, or when I've got my three startups making this much money or, when I've hired everybody I need to, to do the job or when my significant other or when my kid or when my, the list is endless. I'll be happy when I'll feel, fill in the blank when, and, and you'll be waiting a really long time if you go about it that way. Yeah. You you just will. It's such a conditional, it's such a conditional. We all do it. We all do it. I still do it. I, I, and when I catch myself, I think, right, that's a false premise. That's something that I've come to believe over over my lifetime that, oh, I can easily not believe it over here. But in this case, I'm playing that conditional game. I'll be fill in the blank when. Yeah. I'll be satisfied when this is over with. How many, how many times have you ever heard yourself say that? I'll be happy when I've got all of my paperwork done. I'll be happy when. It, it's such a conditional why put it off why not get happy now why not get satisfied now why not oh my gosh i i'm a list person and i just feel so good when my list is done and then you'd have a, something on your list that there was a part that you could not finish because you had to wait on x x x x or whatever and i would just be like oh oh my list isn't done oh i'll feel great when my list is done instead of really enjoying that I had yeah. And doing, you know, work that I had done and I've moved past that because I, uh, I just started a new list later on, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that was really a thing for me. I had to also let go of, I had no control of all that other stuff. And so I, I was filling in my mind and my energy, with things completely out of my control on a way far away from me, like not even an emotional thing, just like I'm waiting on a, a receipt or a, you know what I mean? So right. So how did you find ways, how did you find ways then to feel better about that? How did you find ways to release the resistance that you it, had? It really all came through this healing and meditation and an, an awareness of where all my energy and thoughts were going. And it, this whole process that we talk about, it, it just seeps in over time, you know, that all this information, and that's why I created the channel. And that's why I talked to people like you and you might, and it might take hearing it in 10 different ways by 10 different people. 
And it does. That's why there is yeah. no judgment and criticism because we all have our own pace. We all have a different way of absorbing information. We are, that's why we put it out in different ways, audio or video. And it just takes that one. All of a sudden it just goes, oh, so you, you might need to hear it only one time for a certain thing, but you might need to hear it 10 times for a different way. And so all of a sudden it just started to go, oh, I've got other better things to take care of, like dancing in the street with my girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just it's or the, make a smaller list. Yep. But it's the process of, um, of, of letting go and being a Kurt Tolle, being in the now. He was a big influence in me. One of my first books that I fell deeply in love with. And just like you said, being here right now. Yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean being out of this world. That means being present in your physical body, understanding that you also have a soul that you can blend or not blend with, blend more, or you're never separated from that soul. But, you know, you have a list of things to do and you're human and you're here to do things and you're here to accomplish things and accomplishing them feels good for sure. But can you be satisfied in the process? Can you be satisfied with where you're at? Can you be satisfied just in the flow of it? Can you be satisfied or do you have to, the universe is not at all confused about what you want. The universe is not at all confused that you want to get that, whatever that is done. Mm -hmm. But can you have more fun along the way? Can you feel more relaxed along the way? Can you be pleased with where you are? Can you be pleased with what you've accomplished so far? Can you take pleasure in the task of whatever that is, whether it gets done today or not done today, because we have been brought up to be these productive little hamsters to get stuff done and to hurry up and to find the fastest way to whatever that might be, instead of enjoying the journey, instead of understanding that on your way to your goals, the, the purpose of goal setting really is for you to flow energy toward it. It's it, That's the biggest purpose. It's, it's less about manifesting it. Well, manifestation feels good. The accomplishment of it feels good. And, and you are here as a physical human being, yes, to manifest the crap out of stuff, meaning to intend, to want, to desire, and to align with it. Yes, that's so empowering when you do that. And, but that's not, that's not the sole purpose of a goal. The, the purpose, the primary purpose of a goal is for you to feel the flow of the energy toward it and the discovery of you and creation of you in the process because you're not only a creator you're also the creation yeah so do you have um when uh, you work with a corporation this must be an interesting conversation in the beginning because a lot of times especially larger corporations they feel better when they have a lot of roles and everybody has to follow so to kind of break through that stuff but i'm talking about i have a background in studios so um we were so in a box and uh couldn't draw side of the lines all the time and then people were suffering and when i started doing my inner healing work i had to leave that but now i go back in as well probably like yourself and help them break that to realize that that is what is making their employees and their product and their production and all that stuff kind of slow down and the project, and their income yeah the pro but the project loses its magic all that stuff like why is this all the kind of gray and and it doesn't have to be so what is your experiences is going into the corporations and having to kind of they want you to like maybe help with productivity and you go in you're saying i want to help you with productivity and to release this, but it's going to come in through this way. I mean, what is your experience with that? Um, very receptive to it, yeah, certainly, because typically they've heard about me before I've come in the doors. Yeah. And so it really is about breaking down, if you will, setting up a new foundation. Mm -hmm. So I think of it like building a house. So I think of it, I'll, I can say to them, Okay, so you've got a house over here. This is your business as it is. And and that's all fine and good. And here you are. And here I am now coming in. And so we're going to build, we're going to help you build a new house. Rather than destroy the old house, rather than knock it down, rather than, than criticize it and find all of the things that were wrong with it, let's build a new house. Let's build from scratch and let's build a really from a solid foundation and build up. And so that's kind of as a general 
just a really broad concept that that's where we start. And then when you start from there, you are taking less of that old house with you. And then when when you start reintroducing a little bit of that, now this would come into beliefs, reintroducing some of those beliefs that were, let's say, that old house into the new house, they don't fit anymore. You see, and, and that's where people start to recognize that they don't fit and they see that that productivity can increase exponentially. I'm I looking for percentage, but there's really no percentage that can we can quantify here exponentially when they start understanding about energy, when they start understanding about those people that were on that project, what kind of perspective and mindset and mood and attitude were they bringing to the project? So when we start working on that, yeah, not as if they're broken, not as if something needs to be fixed. It's more, you want productivity? Let's talk about productivity because here's where it's going to come from. Not only will your employees, your employees be happier and more fulfilled at work, but also they'll have tools to use out of work and improve their lives. So not only will your company improve, your morale will improve, your productivity productivity will improve, and inside and outside. And then now people can start understanding how also to better communicate. Like I always advise any of my people before they go into a meeting, not right before, but practice consistently the things that they like and appreciate about their employees. Be consistently because it's so easy to get focused on something that one or two or 10 or 20 employees are not doing that well or could be improved upon. Again, I'm not saying ignore the improvement that you, you want, but put more focus on the improvement versus the problem. Put more yeah. focus on what you easily appreciate about those people, your five favorite things about those people that work for you. And then before you go into a meeting, take some time to feel appreciation and prepay for that meeting. Don't just blunder into the meeting in a bad mood. Take your time. Focus yourself. Intend how you want to feel and how you want that meeting to feel. Yeah. And that's, I appreciate this new culture that people are having coming into corporations. This wasn't really talked about about 10 years ago that much. Very few corporations did it. And though, you know, and they were looked at as like being run by these new young entrepreneurs or, or CEOs or something bringing it to it. But because um, we going back to the very first thing we talked about was connection. We're spending eight, 10 hours a day with this group of people and we're all seeking a, a deeper connection and, and our purpose and want to be heard and all the different things. We're all complex, beautiful, interesting, intelligent, creative beings. And when you try to... Um, create a box and have everybody do exactly the same thing and not give it any flexibility. Um, it does, it it does create all that stuff. And I like what you were saying about coming into a meeting with the, the energy that you, you want to, um, kind of bring, bring in. Cause I was teaching something called, um, having your own seniority in every meeting, no matter what your title was. And that was really helping people too. So you're kind of saying that same thing, but because, so the hierarchy was in my, in my past in the entertainment world was really creating a lot of um, combativeness and energy that was things that I didn't want to be in. And it was like everybody had a role, of course, right, that they were assigned to, but they were too focused on the titles. And what I was trying to blend was that this is this is where I'm bringing this harmony and beauty to the project. This is where you're bringing harmony and beauty. Instead of looking at it like as a hierarchy, so we're all kind of level, we're all humans and bring it back down to the basic level. And it kind of made it a little bit more fun and enjoyable. And thus the project had more light and and things to it. Well, and the reason why that worked is is because you you got them beyond their beliefs about what that role meant, you see, and their whatever their interpretation of it. Because if you go into any kind of conversation or meeting or whatever it is with anyone that you feel less than what again what is your output what are you putting out there what is your vibe what are you going to attract as a result of that but if you come in feeling yes there's a boss sure and there are different people with different roles and all of that 
But it doesn't mean that because your role is different from that person's role or that you're not the boss, it doesn't mean that you're any any less important to the whole equation. And it's all co-creation, you see. And so if you can all co-create, understanding that you're all contributing to the bigger vision, whatever that might be in this case, then then you're all equally important. There's no reason for anyone to feel diminished no matter what their role is. Yes. And if we can kind of continue that more and more, that's why I love these conversations and more projects, we can actually solve bigger world problems that are bugging or upsetting us or hurting us that we want to help with that. We maybe can't take on the problem, but we can do it together. Well, there are all kinds of problems waiting to be solved, honestly. Yeah. Right. But, but, we but from the, yeah. yeah, from, and from the soul perspective, again, those problems are, are, are solvable. Those problems are, are really not viewed as problems. They're viewed as new solutions, as expanded solutions that we're all seeking. And so as you, as you were pointing to, we all, we don't all have to work together, honestly, to come up with solutions. But isn't it nice when, when we are human beings designed to be interacting with each other and, and in complexities and in simplicities and we're all different. Yeah. The diversity is what keeps the universe expanding. So if we were all the same, we'd soon expire. Yeah. So why not celebrate differences? Why not celebrate diversity? Now, I do want to bring in another point about emotions and the workplace. And, and I want you to pay attention to how you're feeling. And I want you to do that for yourself. This work is not about going to work and being all emotional mm-hmm. and reacting, reactive, and then asking other people, to do something different so that you can feel better. This is about recognizing I'm angry right now. What's this about? What's this about for me? And how do I want, do I want to feel better? Yes, I do. All right. Then I'm either going to the action or the process from there can take different ways. I don't want to get too much into that. We could take up the whole call. Yeah. So, but this is not about wearing your emotions on your sleeve so that someone else can fix it for you. That that's not it. Yeah. Right. It's not about ignoring your emotions either. It's about paying attention to how you feel and understanding that you have the ability to do something about that. Do find ways to feel better. Find a different perspective. Find a different thought. Find a different place, meaning I'm going to go do this instead right now. And again, it's, it's malleable. It's, it, it's moldable. It's movable. It, it's not static. And, and that's and, the brilliance of it. Because... I, once you realize that it's not static and not so, that's the resistance. Yeah. Once you let go of that resistance and then, and then you kind of can find your movement around and we'll do the work on yourself. And it just is like a drop in a puddle. It, it really does expand. It just does. You don't even have to do it. You just. Well, the harder, in a way, the harder you try, the more resistance you bring in. Right. Yeah. So th- again, that's a, that's an individual journey. You've got to, you've got to play with it. And, and I mean that in every sense of the word, you've got to play with it. You've got to discover what works for you. You've got to feel your way through it. You've got to come to understand and be able to discern, oh, I'm pushing a little too hard here. I'm going to back off. I can, I can make my way on this little path of feeling better. I'm going to stay on the path. I'm making some good headway. So you, you just learn your own I'm not prescribing anything other than understanding that you have a soul, your emotions are incredibly important and probably not for the reasons that you think, and reality comes from you, not at you. Apply those three principles and work with them in your own way and discover them, and you'll see that that this works. Because you keep it simple. <laughs> yes, you, yes, you can. Yes, keep you can. Simple. Yeah. And this is really fun, lighthearted book, and I really appreciated it. You sending it to me. You're welcome. Um, I think that's a good place to end on. And um, but that was a really amazing conversation. Grab this book if you want. Put it in your book, your briefcase, your portfolio. Take it with you. Put it on your desk if you need some little inspiration to remind you, like about some of these principles that really can cut, especially if you're struggling with any of these things that we mentioned. Uh, this will really help having just a little guidebook and a, a little healthy, fun, light 
you know, the reading is very um, smart, but also very um, light and freeing. So um, I appreciate your time today, Christine. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time as well. So we'll link everything below so you can get in touch with Christine or look on her blog and all of her information will be below. Please like, share, and subscribe. Let us know how we can help you or if you have any comments or feedback. Um, my name is Jeannie Cavalier. This is a Liberated Healer podcast. And we appreciate all the support and uh, just comments and questions. And thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for your guidance. Thank you. Thank you. It was really fun. I love these conversations. Uh, was I don't want to sign up, but we have to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Yes. Yeah.